all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit provides information on how you can lead a healthy lifestyle. I'm the host, Josie Bidwell. Search for and subscribe to Southern Remedy on any podcasting app to not miss any episode. MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy, Women's Health, where we discuss issues involving women's health. I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey, Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at UMMC. Happy Friday, everyone. Everyone hears me say TGIF every week. Thank God it's Friday. So we're coming to the end of the week and had some fairly good weather this week. So it was pretty nice. Um, if you listened um, to the intro, today I have on with me um, Dr. Danny Reese, who is one of our clinical pharmacists at UMMC, and today we decided to talk about weight loss medicines. But before I get there, I want to talk about February. So February is just a great month for lots and lots of different celebrations. So um, we know February kicks off Black History Month. It also kicks off um, Heart Disease Awareness Month, and today is National Happy Wear Red Day. So everybody's not wearing all their red because of Valentine's Day. Also in the celebration of February, we have Valentine's Day. But if you're seeing the sea of red everywhere you go today, that's because it is National Wear Red Day for American Heart Month. And it's dedicated um, to raising awareness about heart health. So if you don't have on your red, not too late to change and, and show support. But with all that being said, I think this is a great opportunity um, for us to actually talk about weight loss medications because we know a huge risk factor in heart disease and lots of um, many diseases is obesity and being overweight. And that is one modifiable risk factors that many of us have. So as I said before, welcome Danny back to the show. Y'all have seen him before. Um, He is my kind of go-to person (laughs) where we want to kind of dive into medications. Danny, tell us what you do. (laughs) Thanks for having me back, Jess. Um, so I'm over at UMC, and uh, I've been there for almost two decades now. And I'm working in our cardiometabolic clinic and have since 2009. Um, now I'm working with Dr. Elizabeth Friu in our weight management clinic over at the River Chase, uh, which is one of the subsidiary uh, locations for UMC. And uh, what we're we're trying to take on the obesity epidemic as well as cardiometabolics directly. Uh, and I, I think it's a really good combination. And I, I like working there. And uh, Dr. Friu, Elizabeth Friu is a, a really good person to have on this on the precipice of this weight management zone that we have going on with this epidemic. 
Well, awesome. As I mentioned before, you know, we talk about, and, and Danny and I were kind of discussing this before um, we started the show, you know, obesity is, you know, everyone is saying this is an epidemic. This is something we're seeing across the board and affects so many people. And if you look at the statistics, it gives you all kinds of numbers, but it tells us about a third of adults are, are what we consider obese. And in some areas, we know that number is higher, particularly sure. here in Mississippi. Um, and kind of really wanted to dive in our options today because as I talk about every week, I want you to get a primary care doctor. I want you to make sure you're getting your regular checkups. When I talk to many of my friends and even family members, one of the reasons that some patients don't go see their doctor is because they say, as soon as I walk in, they're going to talk about my weight. And I don't want to deal with that. And so I I get that a lot. I have patients avoiding or, you know, maybe we made some goals at the last visit and they didn't hit those goals. And so then they just skip their appointment or cancel it with me because, you know, they're they're concerned about their weight. And that's not something that they want to address at that time. So. If, if you feel that way, please don't avoid us. I promise you we're not saying these things to make people feel bad. We really just want to ultimately help our patients. Um, but I do get that a lot, that people avoid coming to the doctor because of that conversation. I, I, I can't. I, I have. It, I, just bluntly um, and, and just to humanize myself because we're on the radio and people think that the voice doesn't have a human behind it sometimes, but it does. Um I've had my own struggles here and there with weight dependent on my living situations. My most recent one with the COVID uh, pandemic thing, uh, I went very inactive. And one of my issues was I, I gained so much weight during that period that I developed type 2 diabetes. One of the common things that happens with weight going up is diabetes. And it, it was a struggle for me to even think about going to the doctor because I feel like I had failed myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, I understood that I needed to do things in a changed way when I came back out. So one of the things I did, I uh, I lost weight in a and based on just diet, and I did I, I chose to do three to six months of just changing what it is I eat. Now I'm not going to spend a ton of time here because I I think that's what the previous segment did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I did the first piece, and then I added exercise to it. I didn't go to the weight loss medicine area. Some of these medicines weren't even available at the time during the COVID pandemic. Um, and and I think if I had, I probably would have even had multiplicative benefits from what it was that I wound up getting down to, which was a more stable weight. And the funny part is I didn't want to go to the doctor because I, I was embarrassed that I was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And weight does that to us. We It it creates this environment in our head that something negative is occurring because we gained weight. That's not necessarily true. Um, in fact, it becomes more important that you seek someone or seek care or make a change. And we, we don't make the change. Apathy sets in where we go, well, I just don't care. I don't need this. I don't even know. I don't have time. And it's hard. And a lot of people then look for the magic pill. Mm-hmm. The magic pill doesn't exist. However, some of these medicines are getting really close to doing things that augment weight mm-hmm. with less of the lifestyle needed to see a larger result. So it's a very interesting time. Okay. Um, anyway, so I, I, that's a little bit of share about me. And I hope people 
choose to call to share about themselves as well. And we can talk about medicines and their journeys and everything. But um, yeah, not going to the doctor is the absolute wrong thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we talk about weight loss medications, you know, it's always encouraged as, as providers. We want to do this in addition to lifestyle modifications, you know, healthy, well-balanced diet, as well as exercise. But I will add that what I what I've become more comfortable with prescribing weight loss medications to many of my patients is because we can't some people can't get to that es- exercise piece without it. Yeah. So I have many patients sometimes True. that have orthopedic issues Absolutely. or you have been told by by your doctor you can't have this surgery you need until you lose 20 pounds. But you're like, I can't lose 20 pounds to replace my knee because my knee hurts so bad. Yep. So I can't walk. And so we really get into this cycle of, of feeling defeated. Um, and so it, I would say. Honestly, that's where I feel I've changed my practice in in offering weight loss medications to more patients because, you know, getting that extra kind of pounds off with the medicine to get you to where you can be sometimes in the activity level can be very helpful. So with that being said, the question becomes who qualifies for weight loss medication? So I know it's out there. Some people are just getting the medicines, maybe not necessarily through Mm -hmm. their doctor or other means, but (laughs) we do have some criteria um, to what we feel people people should before you should be jumping straight to medications. Um, And so when we're looking at patients that qualify for weight loss, they usually typically require for FDA approved these medications, a BMI of greater than 30. That's that's one cutoff. And then if you have a BMI of 27 to 29.9, Plus one obesity related comorbidity. And what that can be, that can be hypertension, diabetes, obstructive sleep apnea, um, osteoarthritis, all those things. So I will I will kind of throw that out there that there is some qualifications. If you come to your doctor and you're you don't necessarily fit in those categories they may not offer the weight yeah. loss medications to you. Absolutely. Or Absolutely. they won't be approved. I guess that's a better way because well, you have to sometimes meet that criteria. And that conversation might be one that the, the listeners are really interested in. So there's there's the indication to receive the therapy, your doctor giving it to you for a prescription for a purpose. And uh, Dr. Kensey already did that for you. It's a 30 BMI or higher, 27 plus an indicated factor. It, that doesn't mean your insurance pays the same attention. Um, (laughs) That's the tricky part. (laughs) The coverage situation becomes more difficult. We have some conversation about that Mm -hmm. um, and cost and then considerations of cost as it relates to your expectation of the medicine. Uh, And we can do that as we go along or maybe hear some of the listeners. But there's indication and coverage and we we need to not get those two mixed. Mm -hmm. And then some of the medicines have an indication adjustment which is why you will hear some of these medicines names but they are the same medicine um some in marketing some based on the research and design of the original product Mm -hmm. and i i guess i will say in the past and this is way more than three years ago and isn't on my conflict forms many of these new products have had me on their advisory groups for their development pieces for whether my opinion matters or not they had me on them so i can tell you where the history comes from some of these things mm-hmm. and why the directions were taken and whence they were because i was involved in some of the conversations 
it's interesting and it's boring all at the same time. Gotcha. So we decided to just jump right into the hot topics yeah. as far as weight loss medications. And if we have enough time as the show goes, we'll talk about more pills and things of that nature. But what am I getting the most questions on right now? And that is Ozempic versus Wagovi versus mm-hmm. Manjaro has come out. And mm-hmm. now Zepbound is the mm-hmm. new one that we are hearing about. So, Danny, will you tell us a little bit about these? I know that's a big question. It's tell a us lot. a little bit about these medications. This is going to be very burdening to the, to the patients. And so it, we'll start with what the GLP-1 is. Um, so years ago, I think it was 2005, the first GLP-1 named Baeta, who no one will ever receive again, um, uh, was was released, and it was released for diabetes. And in diabetes, it was noted that these drugs lost weight or helped patients lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, then there were products that continued to come out like Victoza, and there were uh, several more, um, Tanzian and Duaglutide had the, uh, the, um, the other stuff, it, it, several for type 2 diabetes. And what one of the companies did was they said, I would like to pursue weight loss too, but they already had the product <laughs> and, and insurances will cover a product for diabetes. Absolutely. In fact, many of those products are very heart healthy for diabetes or heart mm-hmm. salvaging. And then they, they pursue the obesity piece of it. Well, they're not going to cover that. And so now you have a complicated insurance situation. So the first one that came out was, uh, of the GLP ones was mm-hmm. Succenda, um, which was, the same as Victoza, but different dose, and it would go to a higher dose. And that's an interesting conversation in and of itself, which we can have later. But um, so Succenda came out, had very, very minimal modicum of success, and it was produced by a, pro- uh, a company called Novo Nordisk. Well, Novo Nordisk had another product called Ozempic mm-hmm. on the way, and there was a, a Ribelsis too, which was an oral product of Correct. that that has less, uh, no, not really a lot of weight loss property to that. And and so they had the Ozempic. Well, Ozempic had more weight loss. It was stronger, more A1C reduction. It was only once a week, not daily. Mm-hmm. And so Saxenda didn't climb the ladder. But Ozempic really did. And then Ozempic started getting prescribed for weight management. Now, that's outside of the scope of what Ozempic's intent and indication mm-hmm. was. So Ozempic, because it was going outside the scope, it went on a, on a worldwide manufacturer back order. And we couldn't get Ozempic for our diabetes patients. Well, one of the needs that created was a product called Wagovi, which is Ozempic, but in different doses. Mm-hmm. And they market it in different ways. Well, Wagovi's success even at the cash level, in other words, paying cash for it, not going through the insurance, was way over what the expectation of the manufacturer was. So it went on manufacturer back order for mm-hmm. a long period of time. And um, because this market is so huge, it's a literal epidemic. Because this market is so huge, there are others who are going to take advantage of this. So outside of the Novo Nordisk area, um, then you had Manjaro. See, mm-hmm. so Manjaro comes out. All these other products are called GLP-1s. They, they deal with GLP-1 agonism. That, that's a, an incretin in your body, which you lose in diabetes, but you, you, you can get to super physiological amounts in, if you don't have diabetes, and it can induce weight loss through a variety of means, including satiety, which relates to its side effects. The Manjaro is a combo mechanism. So you have GLP-1, but also GIP, or gastric inhibitory polypeptide. And that area has a lot more weight 
component to it. Mm -hmm. So now you have a product that's heavier weight loss that comes out on top of the Ozempic and Wagovi backorder situation. And so the Manjaro then has a massive following because mm-hmm. the weight's more, weight loss is more. And, and, but it, it was approved for what? Diabetes. Diabetes. And so it's following the same method as Victoza and then Ozempic and then Manjaro. So what did Manjaro's makers do? Well, they wanted to take advantage of weight loss too. So they made a product called ZepBound, which mm-hmm. is just recently, as of months ago, released. Mm-hmm. It is Manjaro. And I mentioned, except different doses for the others. This one's the same doses. We, we're not even going to front about this. They literally changed the sticker on the, uh, on the, on the pen. Okay, this is the same product, Mm -hmm. but it's approved for weight Weight loss. loss. So now the insurance providers can approve one for diabetes, but have one housed for weight loss and then distinctly separate them in terms of why they're being used. Um, That being said, having diabetes, you can get a lot of these weight loss medicines covered for your diabetes and Mm -hmm. now you're going to lose weight. But then having no diabetes becomes a lot more difficult for coverage purpose. Um, but that's the history and concept of these GLP-1s and now a combination GLP-1, GIP um, in the weight field. And this is this is revolutionarily changing. Mm-hmm. Like this, this may bring obesity management into a coverage status. And there is a big component to it that's behind it, which is it could be approved for metabolic syndrome without diabetes. It could be approved for the treatment of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, mm-hmm. which comes with obesity with and without diabetes. There are other approvals that can happen when the absence of diabetes and some of these products may actually be heart saving in the absence of diabetes as well. So it's very intriguing where this world's going to go in the next two years, but it's going to probably go to a lot more coverage of these meds. And so people who want to lose weight, these meds will be important for them to understand. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that's the case. And just, so just to summarize that for many people, because even after I kind of talked to my patients, they're like, no, wait. So we're saying Ozempic and Wagovi, same active ingredient, Mm -hmm. meaning you are getting the same medicine. So people are like, well, I was on Ozempic, but they put me on Wagovi, you know, different things. So same active ingredient, but different dosing. Mm -hmm. Um, However, Danny, so, so if we're looking at Manjaro, Zepbound, again, same active ingredient, exact same dosing, but different indications. So yep. you're getting the same, essentially, medication with them. And exactly. many people are like, so how does this work? They're like, what is it doing to my brain? You know, and sure. so people get nervous when you talk about interfering with how your brain works. So what right. are your what have, what do you usually tell patients in those situations? This entire concept can be really complex, but we're going to brief it down to the weight component since mm-hmm. that's the focus. So rather than talking about beta cells and diabetes, yeah. um, really what it does is it causes your fullness factor to increase. It's called satiety. So mm-hmm. you you get full faster or you don't have the desire if you reach super physiological GLP and GIP in this case, you, you don't have the desire to eat as much, the, a hyper satiety, so to speak. That's a very weird term, hyper of a, something you don't do, mm-hmm. but, but a hyper satiety. And let's, you know, I'll give you an example. It, if, have you ever been to a Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. for like a buffet? Okay. So if you go to a buffet uh, for Chinese and you, you go like round one, plate one, right? We knock that down. That's mm-hmm. over. All right. Plate one's done. We're going for plate two. We know this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so halfway through plate two, how are we feeling? 
Stuffed. Well, a little bit stuffed, but uh-huh. we know we need ice cream, right? Because okay. there's saucer, right? So so we know we need ice cream. So we're going to go ahead and get that ice cream, too. So we're overeating. Uh-huh. We're, our body already told her we're stuffed, right? That's your satiety center. Um, your satiety center. GLP-1s are going to stimulate that center earlier. So instead of halfway through plate two, you might start feeling stuff a quarter of the way through plate one Mm -hmm. and going, wow, I don't need to eat right now because you really don't. We have a very hypercaloric, hyperdense kind of food system that we eat right Mm -hmm. now. We don't need that much. And and what the GLP ones are doing are essentially telling our body, you know, we're good. We got enough energy. And um, I I think that's why some of these products just to um, uh, we'll probably talk about side effects in a bit. But that's why nausea can happen, Mm because after you eat through that Chinese restaurant. Right. And you hit that soft serve and you're feeling good. What happens in 45 minutes? Little belch and little nausea, a little feeling Mm -hmm. of GERD. Right. Mm -hmm. And all this can happen with the GLP ones, too, because it stimulated your satiety center and it slowed your gastric emptying. In other words, it slowed down your food moving through Mm -hmm. the gut quickly. By doing so, you're feeling fullness stays faster, but you might have that feeling of nausea, maybe even vomiting. So um, anyway, that's that's kind of how I would. Describe Describe how it works. Yeah. And then you mentioned a little bit about some of these medications can kind of be a little bit heart. You hear about heart protective or it can help the heart. So how does it how does that factor in? Yeah. uh, In diabetes, particularly in Mm -hmm. secondary prevention. So in people have had a stroke or a heart attack or have a high, 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 high risk for one where they've essentially had one or they have atherosclerosis in other places. Look, I. Several of these medicines have already been shown to save lives, decrease mm-hmm. MIs, decrease all-cause mortality, decrease CV mortality. So it's decreasing death. I, I mean, they do this. We know this. Um, there was less so data in primary prevention. In other words, people who have diabetes who haven't had a sec- an event yet. And, and then where these meds have gone is to a group of people without diabetes without these events yet, right? Mm-hmm. However, there's some potential that that's working to salvage some of these, uh, whether it be non-fatal MI and non-fatal stroke or fatal cause from cardiovascular right. disease. So it's it's an interesting place of research right now. And bluntly, it looks like it's a positive one with and without mm-hmm. diabetes and potentially with and without having an event already. Right. Which just means these medicines are going to start creeping up to primary option in several metabolic diseases. That means you're going to have to know what they are. Oh, by the way, they're all shots. That yes. means you're going to, well, I haven't said that yet. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we so, actually, that probably should have led with I, these. I so these are the, the newer when people talk about injections for medications. Those are the ones that we're talking about. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah, these are the injectables. But they're really reaching higher lines mm-hmm. of care. Oh, yeah. And in the diabetes guidelines, you'll see them very, very high. Even over some of our traditional ones like metformin, who have for 40 years, been been the option for type 2 diabetes, I could make an argument to give uh, uh, Ozempic over metformin. Right. And I, I mean, I really could, and I'd be right. And so the, they're, they're moving up very rapidly. And I will say this, too. You know, the nice thing about the medications, as we say, they have the same active ingredients. And I try to tell my patients that that also lets us know they've been studied for a while. Oh, yeah. Like they are a lot of people that new medicine. It's not new. You know, as you, as um, Danny kind of went through the history of it, we've had medicines, GLP ones in this category for a long time, way before they were out on the market. And so I, I tease some of my patients because I'm like, I've been telling you about these medications for years. And then the celebrity 
least got on the Ozempic trail. And now everyone's asking me for it. I was like, That's I'm so offended. True. You have not trusted my opinion so in true. all these years. And their favorite, you know, TV star comes on is taken and they're like, they're doing great. And I'm like, they are. I've well, been trying to get you to take this for a while. Um, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy in the end. You know, I always tell my patients, I want you to do what you're comfortable with and a plan, a sh- what we call shared decision making things that we do together. So so one of the things. So how do you know if this medication is, is right for you? Why would I pick an injectable versus another one when I'm looking into weight loss medications? What would be a person that you think this be a great option for? Well, I, I- in cl- in our clinical practice and uh, with Dr. Freyu, the, these medis- these these injectable GLP ones and then the combination GLP one GLP, um, uh, they th- they're almost universally for weight the best option now. Mm-hmm. It, it's become very interesting because they were not the first options. They were not even the second, third, fourth, or fifth options that we had available. And they have very much supplanted all of those options from a perspective of effectiveness and a perspective of adverse outcomes and drug interactions, all of which need to be considered. Mm -hmm. And um, so most people, most people who are seeking weight management, who are in a ready stage for it, whether they've made lifestyle changes or they've accepted that into their lives to make that, um, or they need to get to the exercise situation of their lifestyle management. That's a really good point, Dr. Kensey. Um, these GLP-1s and GLP-1 combo product, it look, uh, they're, they're very useful. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, not everybody can tolerate them. Not everybody can afford them from a perspective of whatever their coverage is. But I, I think it's it's probably 80 to 85 percent of the people that we see mm-hmm. should be on them or will be on them because they're going to walk out with that prescription from us. Right. Um, and I should say that from a cost perspective, remember, depending on your insurance, but remember, there are also uh, copay cards, uh, free cards for the short periods of time, especially when drugs first come out, um, discount cards and then and then. Um, patient assistance as well. Mm-hmm. For those who don't have the income to purchase it but want weight loss, you absolutely can get this through patient assistance for year-long periods. Um, and so the affordability can be mitigated by good doctors and good care uh, doing the right thing and the best thing for you. Um, uh, it, it, it's an issue, but it there's mitigation to it. Yep. And and right now, um, Medicaid is covering Wagovi. It does. Um, for weight loss. So so that came probably happened this past summer, if I'm not it, mistaken. It so it's mm-hmm. becoming more available to many of our patients. And when I think about the injectables, you know, a lot of my patients, you know, that have really high blood pressure, have heart arrhythmias or mm-hmm. things like that, that I'm wor- that are side effects of some of the other weight loss Correct. medications. Um, if you're pre-diabetic, um, those types of things, those are patients that I usually try to choose the injectables Agreed. for over some of the pills that we'll discuss a little bit later. So from MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy Women's Health, where we discuss issues involving women's health. I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey, Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at UMM. And just as a reminder, it is happy National Wear Red Day for American 
Heart Month. Um, and so today we are talking about um, obesity and weight loss medications. Um, and I've got Dr. Danny Rishon with me. And we kind of covered essentially the hot topic of the newer injectables, the um, Wagovi, ZepBound, and those things that have been approved for weight loss. And so I just want to throw this plug out here. Jane um, from Hattiesburg, we lost you. So if you still have a question, please give us a call back because I'd love to answer it for you. Again, thank you, Danny, for being here. We talked a good bit about the injectables and and understandably, people have some concerns about the injectable medications. Sure. And the one thing we didn't really cover, we kind of briefly started talking about, was the side effects. Right. And I think that's what started to scare quite a few of my patients because you're seeing things in the media like gut paralysis mm-hmm. and, you know, those significant things that we're seeing. So what are some side effects that we see? Well, and so a lot of those will be the super rare, uh, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes threatening, like life-threatening or somewhat side effects. Uh, the, in fact, the super rare but life-threatening of this class originally was pancreatitis, and th- that can actually occur with and without diabetes mm-hmm. with these with this class of agents because it does work in the pancreas as well. Um, I remember it was originally a diabetes medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more common side effects, the things you'll absolutely see, nausea is one. We've talked about the satiety center playing a role. But vomiting, which a lot of people combine nausea and vomiting together because they are, vomiting actually is quite separate. Mm-hmm. This can induce a nemesis and a vomiting kind of situation in a very small but probably up to 5%, so 1 in 20 patients. Yep. Um, the vomiting does mitigate. It's kind of a transient vomiting over the first three or so weeks as your dose escalating. But as we talked about, these medicines have dose differences, higher doses, in fact, on some of them, which then can cause that higher risk of the GI side effects. Mm-hmm. Um mentioned the gastric emptying you mentioned of course get gut paralysis well if you slow the gut i mean the uh, and you don't have high gut motility anyway for example particularly in diabetes who have autonomic neuropathies mm-hmm. risk starts increasing there in the general tone though nausea vomiting kind of the biggest ones mm-hmm. and then a few things you want to look out for from your doctor related to your lab work to make sure everything's going well I, whether it be uh, kidneys the kidneys will be fine but with kidneys and liver and just the basic wellness things to make sure nothing yep. has gone wrong and I'll see a lot of people can sometimes have a good bit of con- it's usually GI so constipation yeah. you're slowing down the gut yep, I'm not surprised um, with that and then some people despite the weight loss feel a lot of bloating not necessarily nausea or things like that mm-hmm. and again you're slowing the food down. Um, So those are some things that I see um, as well. And so I get patients that are like, I don't feel so great. I was like, that's about (laughs) that's about right. And and, and at least with the nausea, sometimes as your body adjusts, um, that's something that can improve with time. And and we can give you medications that can kind of help get you over that hump as well. Um, So just going to throw out that throw that out. But looks like we got Jane back on the line. So Jane from Hattiesburg, how are you this morning? Why does Medicare not cover this um, obesity drug? Well, I, I'll, I'll start on this one. So there are a lot of insurances who aren't going to cover it. You're, you're bringing up Medicare. That's going to be more of a federal concept than a state concept like Medicaid or a commercial concept like, say, Blue Cross at United Health. And from a Medicare perspective, they don't cover a lot of obesity drugs. Uh, Oftentimes, Medicare doesn't even recognize obesity as a a complication that requires treatment. From a cost perspective, they're not cost effective for what their outcomes are, according to Medicare. Um, In terms of Medicare, 
And sometimes, remember, you will get these drugs covered if you have diabetes on Medicare. That's that's one step. So I'm not saying go get diabetes. I'm, I'm just saying that that's one coverage way. Another coverage way sometimes can be when you hit your Medicare gap and then you can do some assistance programs, but that's more unique to certain programs and certain individuals that qualify for that. Um, the the only way to get Medicare to make change is to lobby for said change. Um, and I feel like this is one of those interesting situations where the pharmaceutical industry and the patient might actually be on the same page um, because the industry wants it covered. The patient wants it covered. There's just one other group, right, that's playing a role in it not being covered. Um, and so if that group does cover it, I could see there be a need for another a couple of billion dollar appropriations into Medicare from a political standpoint. So there, there, there would be something that, um, that needs to be talked about from a lawmaker standpoint, but that's the only way to get Medicare to cover it because of the cost implication to it for insurance. And I'm sorry that, that I am assuming this affected you specifically, and we can, um, cover some of the other medicines that, are, are cheaper or have like programs or, or actually just can be affordable on a monthly basis. Uh, and we can cover those as well, which is generally what I have to do for my Medicare patients. But I can, I can tell you one of the most frustrating things I have is when I get in clinic and everything says, I need to give this person insert answer. Wagovi, zap bound, non-diabetes weight loss medicine. And there's just no way. It's not going to happen. Let's say they even, I, I think we had one last week, uh, with um, already had lap, a uh, lap band, already on maximized medicines, already on maximized diet, already doing their physical therapy for their exercise. And it would be perfect to start that person on either of those two medicines, both of which are available. They can pick up right now and start, but on Medicare. And... It's just hard for us too. Uh, it's hard for us, the providers. It's hard for the patients. It's even hard for the people who are making the medicine who really want these groups. Um, so I think lobbying is probably the biggest thing. Making sure your people you elect understand the importance of this to you. And uh, I'm sorry that it happens, but it does. And there's not much else we can do. But that's why. Um, when I took this medicine, I was... Um overweight and lots of people on Medicare are, but, and then, but I was forced to go to the compound and get my medication. And I stayed sick most of the time. And my primary care doctor didn't like that. I was on the compound medication, but (laughs) I did lose weight. Sure. Now they have stopped uh, the compound. Yeah. They, they, they really, I'm not going to go too deep into that one, but um, I'm glad that you got a short-term reprieve for some time with a a discounted cost situation. Um, uh, When something happens that isn't allowed, approved, or or done, uh, particularly in the U.S., and this goes back to the prohibition times, we find a way as people to get the thing that we want which is meaningful to us. And I think it, it just underlines having compounded product. It even underlines that pharmacy wants to do this too. It, it underlies that this is important to everyone. And when it's important right. to everyone, the people who represent you, who are actually in charge of the appropriations for the insurance that you're talking about, are the people who have to step forward. And I hope that it happens. And I hope that it happens in the next two years. But we are in an election year, so who knows what's going to happen right now. Um, but I, I feel like that's our best chance. 
And another problem is my primary care doctor told me that I could not get the, the coupons, the help to help with this medication because it was against the law. Well, remember the Remember the frustration I was saying when I had the Medicare patient walk in yet uh, last clinic. Uh, yeah, you're not gonna, you're not actually gonna qualify on many of the commercial coupon or copay or discount card programs because you have Medicare. Right. It, it, it's just a catch twenty two. It, it's unfortunate. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much, Jane, for your question, because they do have indications on those coupon cards. And that's and that becomes the challenge. It's that fine print that says yep. except for, you know, Medicare. these things. But but thank you so much for your question this morning, Jane. And you have a happy Friday. Yep, it, it makes me kind of think about like when you're, you go to the store and you're ready with your discount card, yep. get your 25% yep. off this shirt you've been wanting yep. and down in the fine and print. No. It's like the, <laughs> you pick the one brand that was excluded from the 25% discount. Yeah. It's like the mega so savings unfortunately, day at Kroger, right? you're, you're correct. You have, so as we mentioned earlier, there are discount cards for some of these things, but they have very, um, yeah. they have a, a clear indication as well. So now we've talked a good bit about the injectables and there are a lot of different pill options yes. out there on the market so um what would be what would you say is your favorite one and we'll just start there if you had to pick one well it's interesting so like favorite for what reason i'm going to give you my favorite side effect of one okay yeah uh, we're going to start there because it's an interesting one there's one that's actually a prescription and over the counter Mm -hmm. called orlistat um and so and known by i think the brand names were like ally Ally, and zenecal i think and and it's a it's a drug that just blocks fat from being absorbed right so if you eat and then and you're supposed to take it when you eat and then it blocks some of that fat about 30 percent of it Mm -hmm. from being absorbed at all so it's the fat doesn't just kind of stay in your belly it's gotta gotta leave so it leaves and when it does it takes a lot of fluid with it Mm -hmm. and so it is guaranteed to cause diarrhea yeah. to an extent where you actually lose the ability sometimes to have cleanness in, in those mm-hmm. areas, especially if you choose to eat fat. So the drug almost serves as a negative to eating fat mm-hmm. rather than it does serve as a drug that treats the problem. Um, so that's my favorite side effect drug uh, because that's crazy right. and it's yeah. over the counter. Um, in terms of a drug that has probably the most effectiveness, I, it's the Qsimia product. Uh, so this product, and in order to talk about it, I'm going to have to talk about a historic drug called Adapex. Mm-hmm. Um, Adapex or Fentermine is an, a stimulant. Uh, as a stimulant, it stimulates the body in a way that it will burn calories faster. Let's just use that for mm-hmm. sake of mm, not having a better way to describe it generally. And then Qsimia uh, has fentramine in it. It also has another product in it called Topamax or Topiramate. It's a it's an anti a, a kind of an anti seizure drug yep. is how it started, but then also now anti migraine and anti this and anti, it's got actually a lot of uses. Yep. <laughs> um, and so they put small doses of both in a combination, and the the effectiveness is solid. But it comes with it side effects of both stimulants and an anti seizure drug. That's a lot of side effects from peripheral neuropathy to not remembering your name. It's a very intriguing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it still stimulate the heart to do this and et cetera. Uh, it, effective, but 
using with care, caution, and only in certain people that it works for correctly. Uh, but that's probably the most effective. Adapex being the oldest, Orlistat being the weirdest side effect. And then one of the other products, Contrave, another mm-hmm. combination product. And this one came from an interesting place. So there's a product called Wellbutrin on the market for depression. Bupropion, you may know uh, in the audience. And um, it, it doesn't really have weight loss properties on its own. Uh, in fact, Sometimes had weight gain in some of the studies, just to be blunt. Mm -hmm. And so they put that product with Trexone in a combination. And for some reason, that causes 5% weight loss in three months. Now, you're going to struggle, me, to say why. But I will say, from a cost perspective, it's one of the lowest costs. Mm -hmm. From a side effect perspective, one of the lowest side effects. But has many more drug interactions. Right. That's a challenge. Very much. And then it's low effectiveness. It's a 5% max kind Mm -hmm. of thing. I'm not going to see 10% with it. So it's hard for me to, all of these being orals, all of these being oral drugs, not Mm -hmm. injectables. Hard for me to say favorite. So I kind of just split them up like that. Right. And and the hard part about Contrave is I have quite a few patients that have nausea a good bit yes. of nausea with yeah. contrave is one so i have some patients that they have to stop it Agreed. for that reason and so the thing about a lot of these oral medications too is they're supposed to be for short-term use yeah, exactly you know a lot of the injectables i don't know that we have an a, a indication for how long they are supposed to be used or i haven't found that but i know specifically with a lot of the oral ones they typically don't like you to go past a few weeks, a few maybe weeks a couple or, months. Yeah. Um, it, that's correct. And just to answer a, a piece of the question, because I can't answer that question directly because you're right. I don't think they have a length situation. Mm-hmm. But studies are showing that coming off of it, if used for weight, not only do you gain the weight back, but you gain more mm-hmm. of the injectables. Yeah. So conceptually, you would say that the risk of re- weight regain is a, is a high, higher risk than maybe not continuing the product in the injectable phase. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's absolutely confirmed, but there's data to demonstrate what I'm saying. However, there's data to demonstrate that after bariatric surgery as well, right? That right. weight regain will occur. So there might just be an expectation of weight regain after the product. But that's a good question on length. On most of these, almost everything I said is probably anywhere between three weeks and three months use, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. And that becomes a challenge for quite a few of my patients is, you know, we, we, we feel like we're making some progress yep. and I'm like, I almost feel bad. It's like time's up, <laughs> you yeah, know, kind of situation. It has, it has um, and so, but you know, I, in, in the, what I want people to take away is make sure that you're just having the conversation with your doctor of what option is good for you. Because as I mentioned before, if you've got arrhythmias, if you've got high blood pressure, if you already got yeah. different types of heart disease, I really use caution in something like Quisimi or Adipex, you of know, course. as those things are stimulants, raise your blood pressure, raise of your course. heart rate, you know, increase your risk of some of those things. And so those are some patients that I say, I don't know that the benefits of this is really worth the risk of some of your other health problems. Um, So so those are just, it's always different things to consider based off of what medication um, you ultimately take. But, you know, as we heard from Jane, you know, sometimes you just have challenges with getting some of the newer ones approved. And so these are definitely some alternatives for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. There's there's some other stuff real quickly since we're probably toward the end of the mm-hmm. segment, but um, and I, I noticed it here. That, you know, we we talked about supplements before, and um, you'll probably see a promotion of Garcinia Cambogia, right? Um, sure, I mean maybe probably not lose weight on that hydroxy cut. That's probably just to 
slim a little bit of water weight short term. That's probably all that is. But the dose has to be really high. Uh, the linoleic acid, that's probably not going to work. Like a, a lot of these supplements for weight, mm-hmm. almost historically, it was chromium too. A, a lot of these supplements for weight don't have significant efficacy and they aren't long term answers. And so we can take them and feel better mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't go toxic. That's that's about all I would say there. Now, the Garcinia has a great story. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and the, Just like the great story of Hoodia. If you remember Hoodia for mm-hmm. weight, you know, the African cactus and whatnot. So all these have all these have great stories. And that's nice. Uh, but in terms of effectiveness, just limited. Yep. But as I say every time on the show, make sure you're speaking with your doctor about ultimately what's right for you. And I hope you kind of take what we talk about as a little bit of food for thought and some things to consider um, when you're looking for options for yourself. And so thank you again, Danny, for coming today and hanging out with us. This is Southern Remedy Women's Health. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. And it's funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Today's show was engineered by Abert Nani. And I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy Women's Health. Stay tuned to NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.